if y'all have ideas about what you want to hear from us after this oh, yeah. season ends, we would love to hear them. We're not going to take the first suggestion and be like, yes, we're definitely doing that. And we have some ideas, which you've heard us talk about. We can recap them too. We've talked about yeah. going over some of the light novels. We've talked about doing like a read through of part six. We've talked about... Going back through the manga and just like talking right. about it some. We've talked about... We're pretty much out of like most Iraqi material. Back matter. Yeah. Other, yeah. yeah. I mean, we haven't, we haven't done Bao yet. Right. But yeah, so if, but if there's something that sounds amazing from that or that you have thought of that we have not thought of, we would love to hear what you think. Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. I'm Darius Kazemi. And I'm Courtney Stanton. And today we're talking to you about how to clean your gun. Yeah, <laughs> not euphemistically. The first note I saw when I looked at my hair, I was like, oh yeah, that's what's <laughs> happening. No, we're actually going to talk to you about what the hell is Requiem. That's for real, oh for real, the question, because we don't Well, know. not in, in addition to gun maintenance, we're going to talk about how to destroy the tiny sun behind your head that represents your destiny <laughs> some we all have one apparently we all right. know this this is something that we all know growing up everyone has yep. a tiny sun behind their head and if you punch like it I, <laughs> you die again it's like i think iraqi ended up on some sort of like fundamentals of lighting <laughs> tutorial yes he was no he was like in the photoshop like like yeah add fucking light, around yeah. like, like yeah add light source yeah, yeah what it's if just like it's like everyone had out. their own yeah <laughs> but the thing that really i struggle with about this and that we're gonna really need to explain is that like i get this idea that like the fact that requiem casts a different shadow for everyone depending on where you're standing means that Theoretically, there is a light source behind everyone that has some relation to Requiem. What I don't understand is why that's your soul or whatever, your destiny. Like, how do we get there? Yeah. I need yeah. more. Well, I, show your work, Iraqi. <laughs> well, so like, I think the actual power to speak generally about Requiem, and this will encompass the thing that I still get really stuck on, which is all the like Akira mutating. I mean, it's cool. But yeah, uh, it, look, it looked fun to draw. Yeah, exactly. I was like, the animators are having a really good time putting eyeballs places where it's <laughs> not normally yeah. an eyeball. But generally, what it does is it creates like a mutation or like a, at least you were calling it a glitch, right? Like yeah. it just sort of does a shift. And well, so it I seems think to me that like the way that Requiem is acting in this is like, you know, in like old video games where. Sometimes there's like a glitch and you end up in like a level that wasn't created on purpose, but it like has a lot of the assets. So it feels like a, like it was like a secret yeah. level, but actually like minus world. Yeah, in exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, Requiem is like minus world. Stand. I, I also, it's, it's interesting The this episode, they refer to it a lot as berserk mode or, yeah. Yeah. or, or boso in Japanese, but so that's like another terminology it's like Sendo and Hammond. It's one of those situations where it's like, okay, now you're just making up new words for the same thing. I don't fucking know. But like the so to me, the idea is that it's like, and I think this also addresses why like now Polnareff can't control his stand anymore. And it's like somehow no longer his. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and which again, like goes back to the source of like, the, these are aliens, right? We've got that confirmed now that it's like the right. arrow is like a weird alien meteor. And so it somehow infects you. And so I feel like, re-arrowing it's like creating requiem but so Polnareff says that like not only can he not control his stand he says he doesn't have a stand anymore that's what I mean he's not a stand user how much of that has to do with the fact that he's inside a turtle 
Probably none of it. I mean, it. probably some. I mean, Silver Chariot Requiem has a physical body. Like, it's right. like, because that's how, that's how, um, Mista is able to just shoot it with regular bullets from the cop's gun, right? But it's all shiny and weird. So, but we know that, like, so they say, or Polnareff says that Requiem is a fully formed physical stand and that civilians, so-called, can touch it. That's how Bukalati just trips it. He doesn't even, he doesn't even make his stand appear to do that. He just uses his own body. To, to is this it. consistent with everything else that we know about Stan touching? I feel like it must sort of, when he says fully formed physical Stan, maybe he means it turned into like an object stand. Yeah. Because like normally a physical stand, because we have that thing with like Polnareff doing a showdown with Whole Horse and they're using their stands on each other. Right. And it just, but like when regular people see it, they don't, it, right. they don't but, see but, that. But regular people can see Anubis, the sword. Right. So right, 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 right. Fully formed physical stand, we would shorthand as, is an object, yeah. Anubis type All right, but he just happens to be a living object stand. Right, which is why, yeah. again, it's like a weird, shiny, plastic, like inhabited Again, it's the, it's the, it's the goo from Terminator 2. Yeah. So I think that's, that's how that works, is that it's just, it's become, like it, it basically got remixed, and it got remixed from a pointy sword type guy to like object type. All right. So how right. is this related to to the entire evolutionary system on Earth well, so changing? So that's the thing <laughs> is it like evolved and like changed the stand into like a different type of stand. And so like what it does to people, it's like doing that to people. It's just changing you into like different oh, creatures so or different It's changing things. me from like a human type person to like a devil man type person. Yes. And so it's changing the turtle into a weird little crab thing. Sentient Boyle Community College for everyone. Yes, exactly. I really am a big fan of that little sucker face thing with a claw sticking out of Polnareff's I think neck. he should keep it. I think so too. Yeah. I think it's oppression to not. <laughs> <laughs> No, I give I just, that thing rights. Exactly. Let it vote. <laughs> 51st state for the little thing in Polnareff's neck. <laughs> it's distracting how weird and cute it is. Cause I it, agree. Like they but it's like I get it, but also it's just every time they cut to the turtle, I'm like, I already am having a hard enough time having Polnareff's voice come out of a turtle. By the way, this is the episode <laughs> where they throw Polnareff. Yeah. <laughs> Toss, yeah. toss the turtle. Toss the turtle. I still don't feel like I totally understand why Requiem is causing – like, I don't – okay, from the beginning, like, let's just go through Requiem's powers real quick or Silver right. Chariot So Requiem. everyone falls asleep. Right. Everyone yeah. falls asleep. And then you swap bodies. You swap bodies with someone who's near you. So it's sort of – that's the initial remix. Right. right? And then you start to mutate. Right. Into right? – Something related to like alternate evolution paths. But Requiem also has Jorno's episode one power of making your attack return back to you. Right. Just like how Jorno sort of accidentally, unaccidentally killed Leaky Iluka. Right. With this shovel. Shovel. And then never used it again. (laughs) I wonder. Okay. But now, so Silver Chariot Requiem has too many powers, right? Yes. Because it also like gives your stand powers. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it turbocharges right. all the stands. Because stands are also alive. They're weird alien possessions. What things. if, like, Jorno's stand, like, what if Gold Experience, like, has somehow already been partially requiemed or something? Because, and that's why he's got so many yeah, fucking powers. Because, like, he, he has, like, two JoJo's for a dad. 
Yeah, that's what I was. Oh, that's the yeah. thing I was just thinking. I'm like, because he's got Dio, and whatever that does to you. Yeah, and then right? also Jonathan. Yeah, and they both have. Well, Jonathan didn't have a stand, but he had but, ham but on. I mean, he would yeah. have had a stand if he yeah. had been born later. Yeah, and Dio has Hermit Purple, which is kind of like Jonathan having a stand. Yeah, he has two stands. Yeah. He, he so, has Hermit Purple and you know right. uh, the, uh, the world. So yeah. he so Dio has Dio has two stands. Yes. And plus Hammond energy from Jonathan. And a vampire. Right. Yeah. And he sired Jorno. The thing is, is I think it's hard to say if this is like somehow something happened or if like what happened is just his dad is two JoJo's. Right. But it seems similar, right? Yeah, no, it, it definitely has a similar vibe. Also, maybe it's just like one of the themes of the season is Araki giving too many powers to characters. Also, I, I was just thinking about all the duality stuff in yeah. this season. Uh, I, I, this has nothing to do with what we were actually talking about, but I was just thinking about Jorno's like, hair color changing yeah. uh, at age 14 or whatever. Like It just all smells of the same. Yeah, and like, Jorno yeah. is all about duality too because he has like the, I mean, his name... The, the feminine masculine thing. Yeah. And then also, yeah. yeah, you hit puberty and you turn into a different person. Yeah. The trans experience. So yeah, I think basically I think what I'm saying is like overall, it's just like a very vague general sort of like remix mutate power. And then however that gets applied is like sort of what, whatever Iraqi wants it to do in the moment. Oh, this is the episode as well where Jorno does another animal trick. He he oh, he yeah. makes a mole. But it bring seemed, back the piece of the gun. It seemed like instead of turning the piece of the gun into a mole, something got confused. And so instead it's like a, pe- a mole that just is bringing the piece back in its little paw, which is, <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, that's not how, it, I was expecting the mole to turn yeah, into the thing. And it didn't. And I'm like, why did they intentionally draw it that way when that's not how it's worked the whole season? And I don't have a good answer for it. They seem to be losing a little bit of the plot in terms of how Jorno's powers work because this is also yes. the episode where he's like, oh, I can't detect how many souls or life forces are inside you unless I touch you. But we saw him yeah. do that with like airplanes and, and helicopters and stuff. Like he could just yeah. touch the ground as long as it was like also touching the airplane and be like, oh, yeah, there are literally- life forms in there. Two episodes ago, yeah, he just touched the ground and it was like fucking cerebro. Where you're right, just like, yeah. I right. sense all of you and I know who you are and I can tell the difference between them all. And it's like, why don't you just do that again? They're all, also, I got to say, good social distancing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the gang does social distancing. That's why you've got to stay away from each other is because someone might have Diavolo inside. Right. Them. That's true. Diavolo's <laughs> range is COVID-19's range. Yeah, so so about two meters. Two meters, yeah. If you so wear just, a mask, you decrease your chance of getting infected by Diavolo by 70%. I mean, exactly. Caesar and Joseph were all over that. Yeah, seriously. Just got to like follow the JoJo rules, you guys. Come on. And this is also why you don't put on someone else's mask. Yeah, because you know you'll get happens. Diavolo from No, them. you'll start yeah. you'll start JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh no. Uh, Diavolo nineteen. But you gotta It'll, start at the beginning. Yeah. So you just get thrown back to eighteen eighties England. Yeah. And you really don't wanna When you find someone's mask and you put it on. I mean, I guess in the JoJo's universe, the virus either just kills you flat out or, or you, you or turns a... you into a superhero, yeah. which is not how it works in our universe. That we know of yet. Yeah. True. We're still learning the effects. So yeah, you can't touch the ground anymore. Got our little neck guy. <laughs> Um, oh, right. The plot. There's a plot. They've figured out how to pick a stick up off the ground, but now it's just they're playing a game of werewolf. Right. Right. 
And Mista is really fucking stressed out. Yeah, I really, I feel like if this is how Jorno and Mista fight, then their relationship is going to really stress out their neighbors wherever they live. I mean, they're messy gays. I they guess are really true. messy gays. I mean, the thing is that it makes sense that they would set each other off because Jorno is the embodiment of the number four, right? That's like his whole thing. Yeah. He's and so, April 16th birthday. So yeah, what are they going to do if they don't always have Bruno there to be like, guys, maybe stop trying to kill each other? Why wouldn't they have <laughs> Bruno there? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the season ends with Bruno in the bad guy's body forever. Yeah, yes. Bruno's in the bad guy's body and he is giving Jorno and Mr. Couples therapy. That's how it That's ends. It. Um, <laughs> we didn't even mention, so Dapio is dead we see his soul pizza leave his body his soul so. pizza ascends yeah um yeah. i forgot he even died it was kind of it was it was kind of sad to like when he's just like i'm lonely you yeah, know? yeah like, i felt bad for him that's, that's some real integration feelings it's kind of it's you know if you're used to having company it can be kind of weird where it's just you i was just kept waiting for that phone to turn into something that wasn't a phone <laughs> yeah it should have been a frog right so yeah dapio's dead which is like, well, he has to die because he's part of the boss and they're trying to kill the boss. Right. So. And again, it, it has the, that feeling of like Iraqi trying to tie up loose ends so that the ending like, can be wanna, cooler. I don't want to draw this guy anymore. Yeah, he's yeah. like, his butt is not big enough. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, them punching a like a Twinkie teenager, even though they are supposedly also Twinkie teenagers, like Tapio is like way littler yeah. than them. It'd be like them beating up Naranja or something. Yeah. And <laughs> like, who also is dead. Araki's like, all right, the Twinkie teens, they're out. Gone. I'm done with them. Out. I'm done who with them gone. in this and I'm done with them forever. No more. Yeah. And it's like not drawing Bruno's body ever again. Not He, he must have gotten sick of drawing that that camisole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, I'm just thinking about this is not a spoiler. I'm just thinking about how part eight is all twunks. Yeah. It's, oh, wow. It's, it's just. Muscle hunks as far as the eye can see. Like. Muscle twinks. Oh, muscle twinks. Yeah, right. as far as the eye can see. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's 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 amazing. It's good. I was Courtney's been rewatching Teen Wolf with with our kid. And oh wow! I forgot just how aggressively like I I generally don't agree with the term queer baiting, but that show was like intensely queer baiting. Well, because didn't they do it like quote unquote by accident for a while? And yes. Then, yeah. And then they did it. On purpose. Yeah. And then the fans got demanding and, and messy and, you know, as fans are when you talk to them directly. And uh, and they're like, oh, never mind. And they pulled it back, uh, which is, you know, fine, whatever. But, like, I forgot just how weirdly, like, maybe Styles is gay they were for, like, three seasons. Yeah. Um, my but, kid is like, that kid is gay. And I'm like, I, yeah. I'm going to disappoint you right now. He is. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to come over and be like, look, just because the showrunners. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he is. You're right. I was just looking at the, the, the human bodies on the screen and I was just like, oh, any one of these could like play a part eight JoJo just fine. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Davis has a type, turns out. Oh, right. We finally get that good body swap diagram. Really Where it's just Jorno it. equals Jorno. <laughs> yeah. yeah but like everyone else has yeah. the little arrows and the mister just kills a random person <laughs> just, right just, like, just a guess, random civilian guess yeah. that dude's just dead now that's it that's the end of him um, i'm like not totally clear on what happens with like diavolo being in trish's mister yeah body. And, and 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 then like mister's body getting thrown i don't actually understand that that is one of the few times in the anime that I think the combat is as confusing as it is in the manga. Right. I think what happens is because the arrow is flying through the air, the boss punches 
Spice Girl, yeah, which causes Mister to also go flying. So that's why to in order to move right. but the then, body closer, in order to move the body closer. But then how to does the arrow. The, but then how does the arrow start to fly as a result of that? Well, I didn't think it was as a result of that. I thought it was. I don't remember why the arrow was moving through. Also, the, air. the entire physics of the like, I made your bullets soft. I I, that bullets was so confusing to me. Went through like I, I, I just simply don't get it. That's I, I fine. don't understand. I had, I was. I mean, the, as an emotional moment, it works really well. It's great to have Trish like, like basically be like, "Fuck you, Dad." Yeah, you she's know? awesome. Like, that's great. I feel like a Spice Girl criminally underutilized as a stand. Spice Girl is like honestly OP. It's like, oh, nothing can actually penetrate me because I just turn it into goo. Yeah. So you can't actually ever land a hit on me. But yeah, so I feel like Spice Girl, like Araki realized at some point that he didn't really do enough with her. And so, but yeah, I didn't, I don't totally understand that moment either. But I mean, given the amount of shit happening in the plot right now, I'm giving myself a pass. Yeah, honestly, that's the same thing because I was at. While I was watching it, I was also trying to understand what the fuck was going on with the little light behind your head. Yeah, right? Exactly. And that seems more (laughs) important than, like, how did the boys plus Trish get out of this again? You know, I mean. Yeah. And then Mista is trying to shoot at what – I don't remember what he's trying to shoot at. That he ends up killing a person because Diavolo had thrown – the person's body. Right. Right. And so the bullets end up hitting that instead. And the Evolo's like, you can't outthink me with your trash ability of an underling. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> I love that. I was like, I want to screenshot this and use it for God knows what. I know, right? That's like, I think Devolo's first, like one of his like only really good lines. That's his like one of his two sick burns. There's that <laughs> one. And there's when he calls Chocolata and Seco like Pieces yeah. of garbage. Pieces of, pieces of shit or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's also part of two. I think like I have a hard time with Diavolo because I just don't feel like he has a really strong or unique personality. He doesn't have just, style. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like he's being secretive. Like I, I like the parts where he's talking about like running from his own past. Like I think that is like approaches interesting and could have been more interesting, but like it never gets there. Also, we like barely even know anything about the past that he's running from other than just like a daughter exists. Like we don't even know. I mean, we know the stuff with the monastery that he stayed in and all that. But it's tough because since like, yeah, I understand why people are like so like excited or like fixate on like Dapio and Diavolo's dynamic because that's the only person we see him interact with. Yeah. Right. Is himself. But, but then like compare it to the part six main villain who just has like an incredible backstory. Yes. Like, right. And it's and just like, you know, yeah. But like part of that is we see it, you know, like we get scenes of it where it's like we, and like we see Kira interact with like his coworkers right. and stuff. Yeah. And then like, well, and then the, with the team and then the part seven main villain, we don't see much of it, but we do get incredible monologues from him explaining all that shit yeah. so like you know it, it works anyway and the but part yeah, seven like, villain like is terrifying in a way that like the part six and seven villains and kira are like really scary right in how they kind of ha- they all three of them have this kind of like slowly advancing on you vibe yeah, yeah. and diavolo like really doesn't have that and it could be i think in part because i mean just narratively speaking like in part five they're chasing Diavolo, not the other yeah. way around. Yeah. So, like, there isn't this feeling. I mean, they're chasing Kira, too. But then eventually, like, once once it gets into the end game, it's Kira. Kira has the upper hand. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And Diabolo guess... never has the upper hand in terms of like the pacing. Like he does in terms of him having a powerful stand, but he's never like on their tail. Also, yeah. the part the part seven villain has like very strong thematic things going yeah. for them. So there's like a lot of conceptual shorthands with that one where you can like make leaps in your head about what's going on with them. And I think one of the big challenges and like it's become like a running joke is that it's like it's very hard to understand Diavolo. Like it's it's hard to understand how King Crimson works. It's hard to figure out like what the fuck his deal is. So it's kind of hard for me to like because I'm so busy trying to be like, wait, what just happened? How does the like and I think there's moments like honestly, like when Narancha dies is actually probably the most tense yeah. I feel because it's like they know time skips. They can't figure out what changed. The right. whole thing where where Mista is like basically begging Trish to put the, the yeah. bullet on the floor, you know, yeah. like, like all that stuff. So it's like they know something's wrong and then like finding the corpse. Like that's like a good little mini yeah. moment. But like I don't think that that tension ever really expands to like a an overarching sense of dread where like again, like with Kira, it was sort of like even though he wasn't going after them for a long time, it's like he's out there, he's operating, yeah. and we can't find him. Whereas with the boss, it was just like, it's like the boss doesn't want us to find him, but right. we're gonna. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think Kira didn't have the same, it wasn't the same like everyone's gonna die on Earth or whatever, but like, but that also fit with the scale of the season. Like the yeah. Diamond is Unbreakable is so self-contained into this one town. And like Kira did have that kind of existential power over the town yeah exactly so it had the same feeling of like for the kids who live in this town like there is this same sense of dread that you would have for like a much larger scale higher stakes villain later on and diavolo is just like like literally the only thing he does that's bad is sell drugs to kids which like i know that's the only sin that exists but like let's be real for a second like we know so we know he's kind of like an asshole mobster but like he doesn't precipitate his being a villain yeah also like he's someone's always going to be selling drugs to kids yeah whereas like there's not guaranteed to be a serial killer in morio all the time also like what is his motivation for like we don't know that like like he doesn't have some like evil motivation for selling drugs to kids we know he wants to take over the the worldwide crime syndicate or something but like but that's okay presumably someone already controls that and he's just gonna kill them and take their place it's not a very jojo vibe yeah yeah it's like i think what we're starting to approach is how difficult it is with like the narrative conventions that we're all used to to describe like the evils of like systemic power versus the evils of an individual. Yeah. Like, it's very easy to be like, well, this is one bad actor and that's like compelling because then you can stop the bad actor where it's like, yeah, the season is not, here's how he dismantled the mafia. Right. Although and you know, yeah. <laughs> like there's a reason why like so many white people love the wire is because it's like the closest that I like, I think a lot of us get to being like, oh, I understand how a system can be bad and like right. in a way that I can pay attention to and care about for five seasons. Yeah. It's really hard to like teach this shit when you live in the middle of it. And I also just cause like recently they just ar- arrested like a shit ton of like higher level Italian mafia people. And they were like, but like the story is like, all right, so we got like 36 of these guys and that's going to hurt it. Right. The end. You know, like it's like it's very hard to pull apart really large power structures, which is why I think you're right. Like to be optimistic about it, maybe like this is actually really ambitious. And the reason why it 
it's not as successful is because of how ambitious it was, right? Yeah. Like theoretically, if Iraqi was actually talking about this kind of systemic shit and just didn't do yeah. an amazing job at it because he wasn't used to it. Because, yeah, I do think it's like we're going after this guy because he's doing bad things. Totally agree. But like, again, it's not like the goal was to like, like, I don't understand how killing Diavolo and I guess the assassin squad on the way, like, does that take care of all the lieutenants? Does that take care of all of the, I, like, I feel like it would have been <laughs> way better if they had just focused more on like Trish and Diavolo's emotional beats around yeah. like, around like unresolved things from the past and that kind of stuff. Or so, yeah, if there's they like a had lot. done the thing where it, or if it had really been like Giorno ascending the ranks yeah. yeah, and like which, dismantling it from yeah. the inside, which so would also have kind been of a lie, but it's interesting, right? Yeah, but exactly. I mean, you know, it's not going to be like you know a public service announcement, but like it's not going to be like you know here's how to do anal sex or anything, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> but like uh, story wise, like there could have been theoretically some JoJo style villain who like was trying to stop him from doing that, where it wasn't yeah. like just this kind of amorphous, literally amorphous for most of the season, right? Yeah, guy. So yeah, so it's like we're getting to the end and I'm sort of like, yeah, I even like rewatching, I'm just sort of like, cool. Yeah. Like it's, it's not tense for me at all because I'm just Same. sort of like, well, eh, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Same. I don't want any more main characters to die. Obviously, I like them, but also if they die, whatever. Yeah. Like, it'll affect me in that like, I don't want to see that ca- a character die, but also for me, it's just like... like it's not like if Okuyasu died or something. Right. Where I'd be like, Which, well, I need to walk into the ocean yeah. and never walk out. You exactly. know, like right. it's too sad. So yeah, it's just, I'm just not super... Even like Mista, which I assumed like... I feel like the move would have been to swap Mista and Jorno and... Mista would die when Jorno's body died. And yeah. since that didn't happen, I kind of feel like Mista is safe. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. This is my first like, time with the, with I, the material. Honestly, I, the amount of stuff that I forgot, like I totally forgot that they all mutate and shit. So it's I like, always oh. forget that. So I'm like, who knows? Honestly, I don't remember how this ends. I think I do, but I clearly have forgotten enough that I could be totally wrong. Yeah, I definitely was. Well, the first time, like when I read this, I was definitely worried up until the end about various people dying. Yeah. I don't know. I like stylistically, I like the end of this season. So I'm excited to to keep going. JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora Ora, Oregon. You can follow us on Twitter at ExplainJoJo or find us on the web at ExplainJoJo.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us the kind of review that Jorna would leave for social distancing. 